0: Thanks for listening to the Courageous Church Podcast. We want you to know that wherever you are, God is with you. We hope this message leaves you feeling loved, encouraged, and courageous. We thank you for tuning in. Courageous Church, Courageous People, and now here's today's message all right so we are in a brand new series actually we're in we're in the middle of a series right now I'd love to say we're doing a brand new series but we're not anymore we're in the middle of a series called ready to love it's a relationship series our first week we dealt with loving ourselves and making sure we do that the right way the second week we dealt with loving somebody else and that means uh, all of my single people and folks that are dating and looking to date and looking to pursue someone for a marriage we talked about what that looked like and we gave some biblical wisdom on how how to do that and this week is going to be great because we're taking it to the next level and we're talking about ready to love hello somebody ready to love forever and so that is for my my people who are married my folks who are married now before you check out on me single people i want you to take some good notes here all my single and dating people I want you to take some good notes here and get ready to put it in your filing cabinet because you're going to hear some things today that I really think will enrich you and get you ready for what God wants to do in your life. And so today we're going to deal with ready to love forever. So I'm excited about what God's going to do. Let's pray and then let's get started. We'll let the worship team take a seat. And uh, can you guys join us at the end? I think I want to pray for some marriages today. I'm going to need you guys to come back. I need you guys to come back at the end. Father, we bless you and thank you for what you're doing in this room. Thank you for your sweet presence during our worship experience. Wow, that was so special. I'm so glad, God, that your presence feels welcomed in this place. And God, we thank you for speaking to people today, specifically married people. Lord, I pray by the time we get to the end of this message, God, that some marriage might be saved, some marriage that's in the that's in the throes, Father God, would no longer be in the throes. But God, I thank you that at by, by the time we reach the end of this message, someone's marriage would be equipped with the tools needed to move forward, to move forward, not backwards, to move forwards, not stuck, to be to move forward, not towards divorce, but move forward with peace and joy and happiness. I thank you, Father God, for victory in marriages, and I thank you that you love marriage. Father, you love marriage so much that you actually uh, commissioned the first one. You, you perform the first one in the garden. And so, God, I thank you, Father God, that it was your first miracle and it was also Jesus's first miracle at the wedding of Canaan. And so, God, I thank you, Father, that you care about marriages and you love when you see people walking in oneness and unity. Help us to do that even better today. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody say amen. Oh, that's good stuff. Worship team, you guys are absolutely amazing. Thank you so much. You guys set the tone really good for us today. They did a great job, didn't they? Oh, y'all could do just a little bit better than that, especially if you can't sing, especially if you can't play. These guys are amazing. We appreciate you guys. Absolutely amazing. Okay, so... uh, There is an absolute reason that America has one of the lowest success rates in the world as it relates to marriage. There is a reason why there is still 50%-ish so, something like that, around our nation as it relates to marriages making it nowadays. Uh, There is a 50-50 chance that you might marry the right person based on statistics today, which actually is a scary thing for most that are here in, in the country, and, and we're finding that the age that people are starting to get married, it, it's starting to be older because people uh, uh, don't seem to uh, uh, have the trust in marriage that they, that they used to have. Y'all got to start that clock for me because I'm not going to know where I'm supposed to be, so y'all got to get it going. And so I want you guys to understand that it's important and marriage is valuable to God. And no matter what the statistics are in the nation, I need you to know that God wants your marriage to work. I need you to know that God designed you for marriage. I need you to know that God created you for such a time as this, and he loves when he looks out at married people because you guys actually look like him. You see, when the two come together and become one flesh, as Genesis says, then you represent God in your unity, in your union, in your oneness. And so it's a beautiful thing when he looks down and he sees two people walking together in oneness. Now, let me go ahead and give a disclaimer and say this. My wife and I have been married almost 21 years now, and I know that's not a lot of time for some of you veterans in the room that have been married longer. God bless you guys. I give the nod to all of you guys who've been married much longer. And I'm sure you guys could probably take the microphone from us and give us some wisdom that could help us as well. And I'd be glad to have that conversation over lunch or over dinner. I'm always excited to see my marriage go to the next level. Uh, But today, I want to do my best to give you the things that God has given me to share with you guys. And so, even those of you guys who have been married beyond that time, I'm asking you to just be open and to hear what this young pastor has to say that might add just a little bit of value to what you're already doing. And those of you guys who haven't been married that long as well, I'm asking you guys to take some notes as well. Let's just push past whatever it is in our heads that would make us not be open to what God wants to say to us so that we can receive what he has. Amen? Amen. And so in our nation right now, I see, a lot of, I see a lot of major issues that keep marriages from thriving. There's a lot of major issues that keep marriages from thriving. And I'm just going to list some of those things before I talk about what can make marriages work. And so I'm going to list some things that will sound very familiar to you guys. And these are things that we hear about all the time that cause marriages not to work well, like infidelity, uh, lack of intimacy, um, pride. Can I say this? Pride is probably the, the biggest, most unseen uh, uh, stronghold in marriages and the fact that I know what I need to do. I, I'm hearing my spouse tell me what I need to work on because how many of you guys know that you're, if you're married, your spouse is the greatest mirror you'll ever stand in front of? Oh, amen. Uh-huh. Some. If you can't say amen, say ouch. Because your spouse will tell you something about you that you don't know about yourself, that you do, that you think, that you act, that you, that you do. And, and they'll share some things with you about how you carry yourself that you weren't even aware of. Oh, do I? I say that? Oh, I really? I snore in my sleep? Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I have a bad attitude when people say things I don't like? I didn't know that. Oh, my neck moves when I get upset? I didn't know that. Wow, that's amazing that you're sharing that with me. And so your spouse becomes one of the greatest mirrors that you'll ever stand in front of and they will tell you about you and they'll say stuff that'll probably hurt your feelings sometime because you thought you had you together but your spouse will help you understand the things that aren't together. But they'll also tell you things that are together. They'll tell you the great things about you that they see. They'll tell you the great qualities that you have about yourself. It's the reason that they said I do and that they married you. Come on, somebody say amen. And so don't let pride be a downfall in your marriage. Uh, bad communication habits. Probably one of the top things that people fight about is, uh, is not knowing how to fight right or not knowing how to communicate, not knowing how to, how to talk to each other. Listen to this one. This is a good one. Emotional intelligence. Do you know there's a difference between IQ and EQ? IQ is your intellect. It's just how it's how smart you are, okay? But EQ is your emotional intelligence and your ability to manage your emotions under pressure. Oh, this is good. And so you don't know who you have until you get in a pressure cooker situation and you have to respond. And so who you are when you're under pressure reveals a lot about your emotional state ability. And it, re- it reveals a, the, a lot about your emotions and, and how mature you are emotionally. And some of us can have IQs out of the sky, but have emotional IQ that is so low that you do, a bad, you, do, you do a bad job getting along with other people. It's why you fight everybody at work. It's why every time you go to a family function, you get into it with somebody. It's why you, every, every girlfriend you get, you always have some kind of issue at some point because maybe you just need to grow up a little bit in the area of emotional intelligence. And here's what they don't tell you. You can actually grow in your emotional intelligence if you actually study the right books and begin to be aware of your emotional intelligence in the areas that you need to work on. Somebody say amen. amen. And so a lot, of, a lot of marriages suffer because of a lack of emotional intelligence and in your ability to manage your emotions in the midst of the marriage. Money management issues. Notice I didn't say money issues by itself because I, I, I see, we hear more of, of couples not being in agreement about money than we see couples not having enough money. OK, and so if, if, if there could be agreement about how money is managed or how, how we steward money, we see that that that's becomes a really big issue. And they say it's the number one reason that couples fight. Uh, here's another one. Negative self-talk about your spouse. OK, you got to watch what you say about you. My wife said that yesterday, but I just want to reveal another revelation. You still have to watch what you say about you because you are one with your spouse. And even when you're upset, even when they make you mad, even when they do stuff you don't like, when you talk about your spouse to yourself, you're talking down about yourself because you're one. So you can't put yourself down. you got to talk good to yourself. you got to speak well of yourself. you got to think of good things about yourself and stop talking negative about yourself. One more I'll give you, and then we'll get to some things that will help your marriage thrive. Processing problems with family members. This is a really big one as well. Now, some of you are like, hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, because... So your problems aren't, aren't made to be dealt with in public settings, especially in public settings with family members who love you more than they love your spouse. Oh, come on, somebody. Yeah, you you see you, you can't tell your family members that what they did wrong to you and how they hurt you and what they said to you and how they, t- how they treated you and how they did that, except, thank you, Holy Spirit, except if you're in danger, except if you're in an abusive situation, you should tell anyone you can that you love to make sure that you get yourself in a safe place. I just want to make that very clear, that I am not saying that you should stay in an abusive situation and not say something to someone. If you're in an abusive situation, that's a totally different set of circumstances, and we're having a different conversation. But, if you guys are having a regular knockdown, drag-out, where you guys aren't getting along and things aren't good, your family members probably aren't the ones you should go to to have conversations, because here's what happens. They'll forgive you for the stuff you'll do, because you know, you just, mama, just daddy, boo, you just little baby, because you're just right. you make mistakes sometimes, mama knows You make mistakes. It's all right. I made mistakes too, baby. I understand. But when it comes to your spouse, oh, they like to hold grudges. You at the family function, they sucking their teeth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All my married people say, oh, we know what you're talking about. So you got to be careful. (laughs) <laughs> you got to be careful not to share your business with the wrong people. You should have agreement about who you share your problems with. You should have a therapist that you agree to talk to about your issues because your family members aren't going to help the situation. They're probably going to make it worse because they're going to be on your side and they're going to gas you up and tell you you're right all the time. And you ain't going to be right sometimes. And then you're going to be wrong because you thought you was right. And it's a whole other situation. And so let's talk through <laughs> If, if, if my wife and I could give some really good things to say to you guys from our experience over this, this last 21 years, I, I think if we could just get on the same page in these areas that I'm about to share with you. if I think if you could just get on the same page in these areas I'm about to share with you. Now, I'm going to help you out because I'm going to make this easy to remember. I'm going to give you the A, B, C, D, E, F, N, G. I believe. It's going to be an alphabetical order, these these words I'm about to give you. And I think these words could really help uh, uh, move your marriage along. I really believe that these words can help get you guys on the same page and keep you there. So the first thing that I'm going to hit is A, which is agreement. Okay, If you're going to have a marriage that'll thrive and you're going to have love that'll make it last forever. Oh, come on now. Somebody at 9 o'clock know what I'm talking about. That's my grown folk music right there. If you're going to have love that will last forever, my goodness gracious, you're going to have to be in agreement. You're going to have to have agreement. Let me tell you about the power of agreement. Let me go Bible on you real quick. Matthew chapter 18, verse 19 says this. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything, somebody say anything. Say it with a little bit more authority. Anything. Say it like you got the Holy Ghost. Anything. Anything anything that they ask if you will it will be done for you it will be done for them by my father in heaven for where Two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst, And so I need you to see the power of agreement, husband and wives, that if you can just be in agreement about whatever you're going to do, if you're going to, if you could just be in agreement in his name about whatever you're going to do, let me make sure I make that clear, not just in your name and your thought processes and the things you want to do. But it says agreement in the name of Jesus, then that means that there's nothing that can be withheld from you guys. So that means that sounds like agreement in the name of Jesus sounds like coming together and praying. So if you come together And come in agreement with your spouse about whatever problem, about whatever situation, about whatever circumstance, about whatever house you want to buy, about whatever vacation you want to take, about whatever college you want to send your child to, about whatever you want to do in life. I guarantee you when you come together in the name of Jesus and you pray about it and you come in agreement, God hears that and he says that there is nothing that you cannot ask and that I will not provide for you. So I promise you, if you can find a way just to get an agreement. See, the devil is depending on you being divided. The devil is depending on you not coming into an agreement and having unity and oneness with the decisions you make because there's no power in the relationship. There's no power in the choices you're making. There's no power in the things you're doing if you're married and you're one and you're not in agreement. That's good. You need agreement. You got to be in agreement. And you got to make sure that you understand what you're in agreement about. That means that you got to process it before you pray. You can't just come together and say, come on, let's pray and not talk through what we're going to come in agreement about. Well, you, you agree. I agree. You agree. I agree. All right. We're on the same page. Let's pray. That's how it works. You in agreement. I'm in agreement. Just like that. Let's pray. So agreement is a big one. That's a B. Ready for B. B is called boundaries. B is for boundaries. B is for boundaries. If we can get on the same page about boundaries. Now, let me say this to you. Some, some of you think that boundaries are just for people who are in trouble, just for folks who have made bad choices and decisions, just for those people who need them because they have issues or they got lust problems, they got, they got this problem, they got money problems, they got da-da-da-da-da. So we got to create some boundaries for you because you need some help to make sure you stay regulated about what it is that you're going to do. No, 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 no. Boundaries are a part of our everyday life. Don't believe me? Let me read a scripture to you first, and I'm going to show you how you see it every day in your everyday life. Genesis chapter 2, verse 16 says this. Now, listen, God instituted boundaries. I love this. Look at this. This is Genesis. This is the beginning. This is the garden, and this is God talking to Adam. It says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may eat, you may freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge, of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. This is Genesis chapter 2, verse 16 and 17. What did God just do with Adam and Eve in the garden? He created a boundary. He said, listen, all that wonderful stuff out there is, your, look, look at that. You got apple trees over there. You got, you, you, you got, you got oranges, got some kiwis hanging over there. You got some, 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 got you some strawberries over there. You got you some plums and some, and some limes and, some, oh man, you got it going on. Listen, we could have made a really good fruit salad in the garden, but the, the, so, so it says you can do all of that you want to do, but this one little small piece right here, I, I, I don't want you to touch that one. That's called a boundary. And we use boundaries every day in our lives because uh, we wouldn't be able to drive without boundaries in the roads. Imagine if we were driving, let me just say it this way. I went to South Africa one time to go and preach and uh, I I was in some of the main parts of South Africa like Johannesburg and Cape Town and those parts are pretty well developed and and they look good and they look just like American cities but when you start going out into what they call the bush in Jesus' name, yeah, the bush, praise the Lord for the bush, The the bush... Is, is, is places like they took me to, like Poliquani. Poliquani is a little suburb outside of, of Johannesburg, and so I went to Poliquani to preach, and while we went to Poliquani, when we took off from Johannesburg, I saw lines in the road. When I got to Poliquani, it was just dirt roads with potholes everywhere. We had to go slow, and people were driving all in the wrong areas. It, you couldn't see where the roads stopped and the people started. It was just nuts. You had to open your eyes and pay attention to where you were going because you might hit somebody because the lack of boundaries or the lines on the road caused a lot of confusion. And so I need you to understand that your marriage is the same way. in the fact that it was made to have boundaries, it was made to have guidelines of where you can go and what you can't do. There are things that you guys need to be in agreement about, about how we're going to handle certain things. There's things you need to be in agreement about, about how you're going to handle same-sex communications and do are we good with this? Do we like, do, are we going to talk to them on the phone? or Are we good face to face? Can we have phone calls? Can we be in the car with the same sex? Or do, what, what are we going to do? What is our agreed upon boundaries about how we're going to do this? Now, what are the boundaries as it relates to money? When you spend a certain amount of money, we need to start having conversations, because when you spend a certain amount of money, you know, we, we just, uh, we got to talk. If it comes to this amount, we need to have a conversation. Boundaries, you see that? Come on now. All my women ain't saying amen right now, ain't like pastor. Leave the money alone, pastor. Like to shop, pastor. We don't need no boundaries when it come to shopping. We, 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 we free in Jesus' name. The Bible says whom the son has set free, I'm one of the sons and daughters, is free indeed. So I'm going to go shop indeed. I just want to shop. Leave me alone. But your life was made to have boundaries. You were made. You were raised with boundaries. Your mama told you if, that, if you stay outside longer than that light comes on out there on the side of the road, If you get caught outside with that light still on, oh, you're going to catch it when you get to the house. Don't you come home and the light outside is on. You in trouble. That's called a boundary. Don't you bring home something less than a B in this house. We don't do C's here. We're not a C kind of house. We are an A most of the time. A B may be, and it needs to be an A next time because you're going to get that B up to an A because this is a boundary for us. We don't go lower than a C. We just don't do that. These are called boundaries, and they're there to keep you safe. They're there to keep you protected. They're there to uh, provide some safety to your marriage. They're there to help you be everything that you should be uh, in your marriage. Boundaries must be agreed upon. It's important for you guys to agree about what boundaries you're going to have. And here's the thing about boundaries. When boundaries are broken, it usually produces consequences. Did you see here in the Bible when Adam and Eve broke the boundary? They broke the boundary of eating from the tree of, of the knowledge of good and evil, and all of humanity fell and the Bible says you shall surely die and most of you guys thought they were going to fall to the ground and die instantly but they did die because they were made to live forever but all of a sudden when Adam and Eve sinned now man is on a time clock and now we have a date that we're born and a date that we will die man you shall surely die because sin has entered into the world and because sin has entered in we now have limited time here on earth I need you to understand that there's always consequences on the other side of broken boundaries and so we can't be upset when a boundary is broken and consequences come forward. Now, I didn't say that you can't forgive if a boundary is broken. I did say that there still might be consequences based on the broken boundary that you want to cross with you and your spouse. Amen? Amen? Stay with me. C is for communication. C is for communication. Uh, communication is a doozy. See, let me just say this to you guys. Uh, your spouse deserves to know the details about your life. I just, I just feel like I need to say that for someone in the room. Uh, for, those of, for those of you guys who, who want to be married and you don't want to tell your spouse nothing and you just want to go carry on with life like you did when you were single, don't want to check in, don't want to say what's happening, don't want to talk about what happened that day, don't want to talk about why you're upset, don't want to talk about why you're happy, don't want to talk about the things that happened throughout the day. You you signed up to give details. You signed up to share what's going on in your life. And so that means that you have to communicate. Open up your mouth and talk to your spouse because they want to hear what's going on in your world. And it's important. And some of us, like me, I'm a detailed guy. Now, my wife is not so much detailed. Now, she's good with the one-liner. She, that, that's generally what happened. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm going to sleep. Now, I am a little different. I want details. I want to talk through the details. You should have saw me asking, questions. my birthday's coming up in a week. Y'all should see me asking questions about my birthday. Now, oh, is this there? Uh-huh, and how about this? And how about that? And what about this little part right here? Is this gonna happen here? So when I get to this point, is this, they gonna do that? Oh yeah, that's good. All right, now who else? Now let me see the guest list one more time. All right, let's go through one more time. All right, I know we talked about it two days ago, but I know we might've had one or two people to jump in. Can we talk about it again? I'm a detail guy. And so you got to be willing to communicate. You got to be open to communicate if you're married because it's just a part of the equation. And when you meet, when we meet with couples who are having problems, we start with establishing what we call effective communication because communication also works when it comes to conflict resolution, And so oftentimes what we've learned is that couples have not been taught how to communicate effectively when it comes to conflict. And so it seems that it seems to me that we're all professional communicators when everything is peaceful and cool. But we become oblivious communicators when we are upset and angry and we forget all the rules we ever talked about. And now we're just trying to get our point across. And somebody said, Jesus, Jesus, Father in heaven. Mm, Yes, pastor, tell it, tell it. Uh, because, Because the enemy is banking on you having low emotional IQ so that you blow it in in the area of communication and you never resolve your situation. And so what happens when your communication isn't good, you actually carry on the problem over into the next set of problems that you'll have because you don't get a chance to communicate effectively about what you're currently upset about. And so we don't just let sleeping dogs lie when you're married because sleeping dogs turn into angry rock wallers later when you have conversations about what happened later and now it's compounded on top of what you didn't have a chance to effectively communicate about when you were upset 2 weeks ago and now you're still upset about that cuz you never had a chance to really square it out and get it done and now the dishes the dishes that weren't done turns into you erupting and being angry because you're really angry about what you never communicated about effectively earlier am i helping anybody I'm saying people like, yes, help me, help me. I need to learn how to help effectively communicate. And so you should have rules of engagement when it comes to communicating about conflict. Can I say that? I'm going to say it right. You should have rules of engagement as it relates to having... Uh, having communication about conflict because when you have conflict oftentimes emotions get riled up and you want to be upset you want to be angry and you just want to deal with it a certain way so we teach couples when we're sitting with them hey this is how we're going to handle this only one person gets to talk at a time everybody say one person Yes, not only does one person get to talk at a time, only one person gets to finish their complete statement before the other person interrupts and says anything. If you want to say something and you are that passionate about making sure that your point is heard, we understand. Take your phone out or actually have pen and paper at the event so that you can write out what you want to say so you don't forget to say what you wanted to say. Because I know how it is because you'll forget what you wanted to say in a minute once they keep talking and you won't remember your point that you wanted to make. Just write it down. We'll come right back to you. See, this is effective communication so that we can work through the situation. And so we're going to get to somewhere. We're not just going to go back and forward and let you fight and let you fuss and all of those kind of things. And you should have these types of conversations when things are cool, married people, so that you can figure out what your rules are for communication. Uh, especially when you're in conflict. Like, there should be some, some rules like, hey, listen, we ain't bringing up anybody's family members or talking about nobody else. We're not comparing each other to no one else. you just like your daddy. No, 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 no. We're not going to do that when we have conflict. We're going to stay right here in the moment. We're going to deal with what's happening right Now, and we're going to deal with this. See, no low blows. We're not throwing low blows. We're not talking. There are certain things you can say during an argument that you know will cause your spouse to fully erupt and turn into a volcano. And you should know what that is because you've been married and you should make a decision that you're not going to go there in your communication because if you do that, then you're going to get a different person and a different set of circumstances where you really won't be able to deal with your issue. And now you're both blown out and upset and angry at each other and now you just walk away and you don't deal with your issue. That's not effective communication. Here's, my, here's our thoughts. If, if you disagree more than three times about a situation and you're married, It's time to bring in a a mediator. It's time to bring in a counselor. It's time to bring in a therapist. Because if you get to communicating and you reach a place where you can't quite cross the bridge of communication because of conflict or because of disagreement, then it's time to bring in a counselor. Okay? And then once you get to a counselor or a therapist, you bring the situation up in front of them and let the professional therapist help you walk through whatever it is that you guys can't come in agreement about. Ooh, thank you, Holy Spirit. But here is the issue. Let me me finish my thought. So, communication, counseling should lead to compromise. You see that? Communication, you can't reach a a resolve on your issue. Bringing a counselor... The counselor brings you together, helps you to get past what you're going through. It should lead to compromise on one end or the other from each spouse. Okay, so that's how communication works as it relates to working through conflict. But here's what the enemy is banking on, and this is what I wrote down: Most couples don't make it to uh, don't don't make it due to a lack of communication and their communications. Die in the desert of disagreement. So so here's the issue. Uh, when you don't deal with the matter and you and you don't come to a resolution and you're too prideful to go sit down and talk to a, a, a therapist or a counselor. Uh, or, or you say you don't have the money to sit down and talk with a therapist or a counselor, but, but, but you do have money because you could find money for other stuff that's, that's more important to you, but then when you, when, you, when you need a counselor or a therapist, then you don't have the money. So you got to be careful with what you say you do and what you don't have money for because I promise you, if you made it a priority that your marriage was that important and your communication was that important, you would make and find the money that's necessary for you to sit down with a therapist so you can get past your issue. Oh my goodness, how much does peace cost? cost you is it worth the $90 session it would be for me that you could sleep better at night that you could resolve the problem that you've been festering over for the last year that's causing your relationship to go in a different direction look at your neighbor say it's not worth it just go to the counselor oh man I, I need more people saying that than that that's scary right there you see, there is this stigma that comes along with counseling or therapist. Something's wrong with me. I'm, I'm not, I'm, 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 why should I, it's embarrassing that I need somebody to help me deal with my issues. I know what I'm doing. I know what to do. I know what to do. And this, if you knew what you were doing, you'd already be over with the situation. Stop being prideful, man. Get yourself some counseling and some therapy so that you can move forward in your your situation. I'll tell you guys a a quick testimony. My wife and I, when we first got married, we had no idea what it meant to be married. We got married at 19. We thought we we were just full of the Holy Spirit and full of the Lord, and we had no idea. We had no tools to be able to do marriage well, and our communication was absolutely horrible. We were fighting like cats and dogs, and it was absolutely scary what was going on in our home. And we got to about the two-year mark, and we moved back home to Dallas, and we got to this couple that we found in ministry, and we Say, hey, listen, if you can't fix this marriage, we about to go our own separate ways because me and this girl gonna kill each other if we don't we got we do something different. We can't do this, we can't do this. And they took us and they had counseling with us, listen to this, for a full year once a week. I had a set I had a session with the pastor, she had a session with the with the uh with, with the pastor's wife, and then we had one session together, and we started reconstructing our marriage to understand what it meant to communicate effectively. They helped us filter through. They stopped us when we were doing stuff the wrong way. They showed us biblical counsel and showed us in the Bible how we should uh, walk out a marriage and live in unity and oneness. And to this day, we still meet with them and have conversations with them. And to this day, we still have therapists and counselors in our lives. And to this day, what's today? What's today, Sunday? I just had a counseling session on Friday for my personal self, because it's important for me to keep these pipes clear. You should look at therapy and counseling like oil changes on your car. You should just set the clock for it and go get it done. Whether you need it or not, get the pipes clear to make sure that you don't have a breakdown. See, what we do is we wait till the car breaks down and then we want to change the oil. But you've messed up the motor. You've gotten all the pistons all jacked up and the oil is low. You can't wait until it turns black before you change the oil. Your oil should be changed well before then. Somebody say amen. So you gotta change your mind because your communication could hinge on your ability to receive wise counsel. D is for dedication. I'm gonna move past these really quickly. 2 Timothy Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 says, I have fought the good fight. This is Paul speaking. I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. I want to say this to every uh, uh, couple in here, every married couple in here. Divorce is not an option. Let me say it again. Divorce is not an option. So stop making it one. Stop, stop bringing that up. Stop dropping that word in your home. Stop using it when you're on your own. Stop saying that word out of your mouth because Proverbs 18 and 21 is true that death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Stop speaking death over your marriage and stop talking that divorce word. Kick it out of your relationship, push it out of your mind and stop using it out of your mouth. I'm going to fight the good fight. My wife will tell you, I've always been a fighter since she met me. I mean, listen, I had to fight to be who I am. I went to 16 different elementary, six different middle schools, three different high schools. I had to fight. My mother was a drug addict and a prostitute from the time I was born until I was about 12 years old. I came out fighting. So I'm a fighter and I'm not scared to fight. I'll put them up and I'll swing them at anything in any situation you put me in, I'm gonna figure out how to fight my way out of it. And when me and my wife got together, she used to always wanna just, just, just give up on stuff and say, ah oh, yeah. And I would say, girl, you better you better fight. If you ain't got enough fight, I fight for both of us in the name of Jesus. We we ain't going out like this. No, no, no. We're going to get through this thing. No, no, no. We're going to figure this thing out. You got to get some fight about your marriage. Stop giving up. Stop being stop turning over and just laying down every time something go wrong. Walking away, saying it's over, saying it's not going to work. Stop it. If you're married, make it work. Make it last forever. You better do what's necessary to make your marriage work. Dedication is such an essential tool if you're going to make a marriage work. Here's another one. Ready? Here's E. Expectations. This is good. I'm surprised at the amount of married people who don't discuss expectations after you say I do. Oh, we good at it, at premarital counseling. Oh, let me see. Okay, all right. Okay, I, I, I want to, um I, I would like for you to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you get two jobs? It would be good. I like to spend a lot of money. And, you know, no, no. And and, and, and the guy would be like, okay, uh, I want oh. every day. We, we got to do it every single day. Uh, well, In the first year, twice a day. And, you know, uh, Whoa, praise the Lord, you know. We're good at talking about expectations before I do. But I have a question for every married couple in the room. When's the last time you asked your spouse, what can I do for you now? The word is now. Because here's the truth. You change seasons in your marriage. And what you want in one season may not be what you want in another season. And you could put yourself in a dangerous place in your marriage if you don't talk to your spouse about what your needs are now. Oh, this is good. You need to tell your spouse what you need from them now. You need to tell them that respect is more important to you than sex now. You need to tell them that you need them to love you and go on a date with you once a week now because you're craving to go out. You're craving to hang. You're craving to spend quality time because quality time is one of your love languages. And if you just spend some time with me on the couch and make me feel good with a bowl of popcorn and some salt on top of the popcorn because I like it buttery and I want to sit And watch a movie with you until we fall asleep because this makes me feel loved and valued. And I know we didn't start off doing it, but that's what I need now. You see that? Talk about what you need now because unspoken expectations always lead to unmet expectations. We are not mind readers. If you want it, tell me. If you need it, let me know. If you if you have a need, and, 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 and I'm the only, this is good. Your marital expectations can only be fulfilled by your spouse. Legally. And so you owe it to them to make sure you communicate what your needs are. If you need personal time, hey, listen, I need one day a week where I can just chill sit on a couch and do absolutely nothing because my life is nuts right now. I am moving, I'm working 72 hours a week and I just want some couch time with my feet up and I just want to be left alone for six hours on a Thursday. Can I get just that? Can I just, just sit with my feet up on the couch and do absolutely nothing? Can I get that? You see how... And then we'll fuss about things that we didn't tell our spouse that we needed and now they mad. Now you mad because you just didn't communicate your expectations. Just tell me what you want and I'll give you what you need. And you tell me what you need and I'll give you what you want. If you give me what I want, I'll tell you what I need. And if you tell me what I need, girl, I'm going to give you what you want. <laughs> you see that? What would happen if you lived a marriage where you wanted to fulfill each other's expectations. What do you need now, baby? How can I help you now? How can I serve you and make you feel better? What do you need? What do you need now? Somebody say now. That's good. Listen to this verse. I want to give you this about expectations. Hope. uh, This is Proverbs 13 and 12, and this is why unmet expectations drive you crazy as married people. Listen to what it says. I got a Bible for you. It says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. So when I have hope for something from my spouse and it is deferred because I haven't communicated that need to them, it makes my heart sick towards my spouse. And now we have contention and now we have division and now we have frustration because I have unmet hope in my heart because you've. Deferred it and said no to me about something that I didn't communicate to you that I need. Can I get a good amen? amen. F is for forgiveness. You can't live in a marriage. So let me say this. You got to put, you gotta put your, your street survival techniques down when you get married. Okay, I know they taught you when they cross you, you don't trust them no more. Mm -mm. We done with you. I'm finished with you. Cross me once. Shame on you. Cross me twice. Shame on me. Mm -mm. That's not how marriage works. You got to get rid of those hood survival techniques. (laughs) Get rid of it out of your marriage because your spouse does not deserve to be treated that way. I want you to think about something. You don't want to forgive your spouse for something they did. What if God didn't want to forgive you for what you did? The Bible says about forgiveness that we should forgive each other seven times 70 is what Jesus told his disciples. And so you should have a whole lot of forgiveness left to give in that marriage about whatever issue has happened. I love this about my wife and I. Listen, we we believe in the scripture says don't let the sun go down on your raft. And so we ain't going to sleep until we figure this out. And you're going to be angry, but we ain't going to send this thing because we're going to figure this out. Because I know what happened when we figure things out. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, we're going to figure it out right now. Let's talk about it. And we'll get past. That was my daughter. Praise the Lord, honey. How you doing? I didn't know you was in the room. I thought you left. <laughs> Praise Jesus. Isn't he good? Hallelujah. When you have an unresolved issue and you choose to not forgive your spouse, you're putting yourself in a position where you're going to allow bitterness and anger to fill your heart towards your spouse. And you won't be able to walk in peace with them and you won't be able to live with full joy with them because you're still holding them hostage for what they did wrong. You see, the spirit of revenge has no place in a marriage because revenge will make you feel like I'm not going to be happy with my spouse until they feel what I felt and until I make them hurt like they made me hurt we ain't going to be right and so they got to hurt because got to feel that pain because they over there smiling and got their feet up on the couch and they don't even know I'm mad because they didn't Put gas in my car two weeks ago. Had me out there with the brother that was in need walking up to me. And I was traumatized because he asked me for money. He got too close. I'm serious. I'm, I'm, this, this is a joke to some of you guys. But this is true stuff. And then you hold on to that anger because you, you grew up with, without having a father to protect you. And, and you married a protector as a husband. And now he wasn't there for a moment of protection that you needed. And now your heart grows angry because that was a need for you, and he didn't meet that need. He doesn't even know how mad you are about it. He doesn't even know that you're you're flustered and 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 fuming on the inside about it. He doesn't even know that you're holding him hostage for what he did wrong. He doesn't even know. And so, you got to practice when you're marrying. Let it go. You gotta you 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 got you got to sing. What's 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 the movie?
1: Let it go, let it go. <laughs> Don't
0: Yeah. Usa. <laughs> Decompress and just forgive. If you're going to be married a long time, you got to forgive quickly. You cannot live in anger and unforgiveness towards each other. The Bible says it's okay to be angry. But you can't sin in that anger. And sin is harboring unforgiveness. So I'm not saying you can't have heated conversations. I am saying you got to come to a resolve and have peace with each other so you can walk in forgiveness. And then my last point, come on up here on these keys so I can shut it down. Y'all telling me I'm seven minutes over. I don't feel like I am, but I'll be all right. We got two services now, so we got to make sure we keep it on the clock. So let's just go through these really quickly. I just want to make sure you got these. These are ABCs. So the first one is agreement. The second one is boundaries. The third one is communication. The, The fourth one is dedication. The fifth one is expectation. The sixth one is forgiveness. And then my last one is pretty easy, pretty simple. And it is G for God. I want to say to every married couple in here, With God on your side, anything your marriage is going through can survive. If both of you are willing to invite God into whatever circumstance, into whatever disagreement, into whatever communication mishaps, into whatever expectations have not been fulfilled, into any area of your marriage that you're willing to invite the one and true living God into, he will come into that marriage and he will shift the atmosphere. Did you see what happened while we were worshiping? Those of you guys who were here early enough for the worship experience, when you worship and you bring God in the room, he shifts the atmosphere. He changes things. And so often in our marriage, when we are done arguing or being upset with each other and we begin to think about the God that we both worship and serve, and we begin to listen to worship music and read our Bibles, it's real hard to have a bad marriage when you serve a good God. Stand to your feet. If you're married, do me a favor. Grab your spouse. Just come up front real quick. I just want to pray for you real quick before we leave. I'm not going to do anything fancy and pushy and all that. I'm just going to tell you, if you're married, come on up here. Get next to your cutie booty and come on forward. service. Don't worry. She coming. Come on up here. Help me with singing. All right. So this is what we're going to do. Now, I told y'all last week, my married people, we prayed for all of our single people last week. And we stretched hands towards them. Today, all of my people who are not married yet, I want all of you to stretch your hands towards these married ones. And I'm just going to pray over all of you guys. And I'm just going to believe God, bring me that oil I'm just going to believe God that everything that he meant your marriage to be, that is going to be. I'm going to believe that every part of fulfillment that you guys are believing for in your marriage from your spouse. Baby, you want to come up and help me pray for them? Thank you so much. I'm just believing that God is going to help you guys to be everything that you should be. I'm believing that I'm believing like the tools that we were missing earlier in our marriage. I'm believing that today some tools were talked about. Some tools were talked about that I believe is going to help you have an even stronger marriage. I'm believing that if your marriage is strong, I want it to be on fire. I'm just believing that wherever you are, it's going to be even better. And so right now, I just want you guys to just turn your attention towards the Lord as we sing. And my wife and I are just going to come by every single couple. We're going to lay hands and pray for you guys. And we're going to pray how the Lord leads us to pray for you. And we're going to go from one couple to the next. And then we'll we'll enjoy some worship time together. Can you sing a little something for us, guys?
1: Worthy is Your name, yeah. Jesus, You deserve the praise. Worthy is Your name. Worthy is Your name. I it.
0: Jesus
1: the praise. Worthy is your name. Worthy is your name. Jesus, you deserve the praise.
0: up right where you are this is a part of our dismissal prayer we're going to pray over what was just done here and we're going to pray a dismissal prayer Father we bless you and thank you for every couple in this room thank you for our our married and engaged couples, thank you for our dating couples as well, thank you for our single people Father who heard some, some things today they're going to be able to apply when they say I do and so God right now we just bless you and thank you for this time that we had with you Thank you for the worship experience and thank you for the word. Lord, I pray, Father, that your word did not fall on deaf ears today. But God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, God, that your words, your spirit, your anointing would bring this word alive in our hearts throughout the week. Lord, I pray for successful marriages in Jesus' name. I pray for marriages that would make you smile in Jesus' name. I pray for marriages that will put the devil on the run in Jesus' name. I pray for marriages that are walking in unity and agreement like never before. And I thank you for future marriages in this room, Father. God, I come against the spirit of suicide right now. No weapon formed against you will be able to prosper. And I renounce every spirit that is not like God. I renounce everything that doesn't sound like you I pray that you would silence every voice that doesn't sound like yours in the name of Jesus We bless you and thank you Father God that no weapon formed against your people Even voices that we hear would be able to prosper you shall live and not die You shall live and not die. You shall live and not die. Your marriage shall live and and not die your children shall live and not die in Jesus name we pray thank you for blessing chasing us down this week like never before father let it come tackle us down father God I bless you that your people would be so tremendously blessed this week in Jesus name we pray In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Come here, young man. I want to pray for you as we close this out. I'm going to dismiss everybody else, but I just want you to stand right here. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. I just want to pray for you. I need a couple of men to join me down here to help me pray for this brother. In Jesus' name. We love you guys. Y'all have a great week. Courageous church, courageous people. Thank you for tuning in. Please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel to hear more messages like this one. If you like what you heard, please share it with your family and friends. Don't forget to connect with us on our website at courageouschurch.online. Courageous Church. Courageous People.